Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast, where your source for personal, professional, and organizational growth and development, where we share original research, explore industry trends, and interview executives and thought leaders from across the globe. We hope you join us often for practitioner-oriented content around all things related to leadership, HR, talent management, organizational development, and change management. Maximize your personal and organizational potential with Human Capital Innovations Podcast. Do you enjoy the Human Capital Innovations Podcast? Please subscribe, leave a review, comment, share, and consider supporting the podcast on Patreon, even at the producer and sponsorship levels. Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. In this HCI podcast episode, I talk with Alex Draper about creating the people-first and human-centric workplace. Alex Draper, welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. Thanks for having me, John. It is a pleasure to be with you. You're joining us from the Chicago area. I'm south of Salt Lake City in Utah. Today, we're going to be talking about a passion of both of ours, and that is people-first and human-centric workplaces and organizations. Uh, This is like my mantra. I feel like I'm talking about it all the time. So, so important. And it seems so obvious. It seems so simple, yet it so rarely happens. Um, And there's so many things that... that, really put the wrench in the works, even with the most well-intentioned leaders. And so we're going to unpack that and talk about how we can go about doing this better, more sustainably within our organizations. As we get started, I wanted to share Alex's bio with everybody. Alex Draper started life as a trainee school teacher in the UK. And in 2002, he moved into adult education, joining a global leadership training organization. Fast forward to 2015, and Alex founded DX after seeing a gap in the marketplace for effective EQ-based experiential leadership training. DX is a partner in progressive leadership training that taps into the powerful combination of behavioral psychology and experiential learning to expose and eliminate bad leadership and prepared leaders to put people first. And I could go on and on, but I'm going to pause there and give you a chance now to share a little bit more about yourself, anything about your background or personal context that you would like to share with listeners. One thing I'd like to share is even though I started DX to wipe out bad leadership for the first three years from 2015 to about 2018, I actually ended up being one of those bad leaders that I set out to change and uh, actually had nearly 100% attrition rates. Uh, and unfortunately, uh, not one of the people that I started DX with is no longer here. Uh, so it just shows you how easy it is to fall into the, the, the trap. It's not me, it's someone else. And uh, I was one of them. Luckily, I turned the ship around and we, we've had 100% attrition, uh, retention for the last three years. So, um, but it was, yeah, I was, I was one of them. It is so hard, especially with your baby, right? It's so hard to let go of control and to trust in other people and to empower them. And so inevitably you, you, it's just so easy to fall into that trap of micromanagement and control and fear-based leadership and like all those things. Uh, even when you're super well-intentioned, even when you know better, uh, I've seen it over and over again. In fact, I, I, uh, 
very early in my career, um, I was interning with a, a big consulting firm and, you know, it, it, that was the shocker to me as I, as I saw, I saw this person who was just amazing, who wrote such incredible stuff, who did such wonderful trainings and consulting work. And he was the worst. <laughs> he was the worst boss ever. And I'm like, how, how can you not practice what you preach? And it's, you know, it's not like he was trying to be a jerk. Uh, it's just, you just get caught up in it and it's just so easy to fall into the trap. So thank you for sharing that because I think we can all relate. Um, and, but you, you also recognized it and then you work to turn it around. And I think that's the bigger lesson. Yeah. Uh, isn't that the, the, the sad part of a, of a pandemic we have out there is a lack of self-awareness and the fact that to change, you first know that you need to change in the first place. And I think most of us nearly, well, I think Tasha Urich did some empirical research on this. Uh, 95% of us think that we're, we're self-aware, but actually only 10 to 15%. Um, so of course, you, to change something, you've got to get some data from somebody. And so unless someone tells you that you suck and you're a terrible leader, then you're probably going to keep on doing what you did before, which is probably terrible leadership. So I, it's, it's we've got ourselves to blame. It's not the lead, nine times out of 10. Well, I think most people on this world are good. Most, most. There are some people who are just terrible people. Um, but most of us have good intentions, but have no idea how to 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 improve oneself. So it's uh, there's there's many reasons why there are so many terrible leaders. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I I fully agree. I think most people are well-meaning, good intentioned. They just don't know any better, or they just fall into the same traps, the same human nature, the human psychology that sucks us into these types of behaviors and practices. So the the key is, you know, to the starting point is to disrupt it through self-reflection and self-awareness and surrounding yourself with people who can feel empowered to point it out to you <laughs> when, when things are going awry uh, and then you can start to, to, to move forward. So clearly you talk a lot about um, the people first and human centric workplace that doesn't, you've already alluded to, it doesn't come naturally um, to most people and even the, the most well-intended individuals can fall into those traps. Um, tell us more about what this means to you. What is the people first and human centric workplace to you and why is it so essential? It's essential for me because I was on the receiving end a couple of times in my career of, of not so good leadership and, and just being sent home more stressed than when I came. And if you're stressed at work, you're going to be stressed at home. And it's just, we, we shouldn't, no one deserves the right to come to where we spend nearly all of our, all of our life being put to misery and having to go home and, and, and to your, kids to your family whoever it is you're going home to and feeling miserable not who deserves that nobody um so and i i have a lot of friends a lot of people i've trained a lot of trained a lot of leaders and seen it unfortunately it's rife um people are mistreated on a on a mass scale uh, and I just felt the urge that something had to be done because what we we spend 14 billion dollars on leadership training here in this country. Uh, yeah, I've been doing this for 22 years and it ain't, it ain't any better than it was in, when I first started doing it. In fact, I'd probably say it's worse thanks to the pandemic because, you know, diversity and uh, dispersedness has actually made leadership even even harder. So it's just getting worse and worse. So I'm like, well, here we go. Let's let's give this a go. Let's set up a company and let's try and do do what I can within the 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 tiny cousin that I I work in. 
Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So tell us a little bit more about what you're doing at DX and in really, you know, what in, in the modern workplace where we have face-to-face, we have fully remote, we have hybrid arrangements, we have an increased gig economy, people hanging up their own shingle, more contract and distributed workforce and all these things, right? So in the modern workplace, what are you trying to accomplish with DX? What do you think HR should be doing more of, less of to create that people first, human centric workplace and, and organization? There's, there's, I think there's two answers to that. Number one is for me that the, the, the modern, the skill of the modern leader is nothing more and nothing less than empathy. Um, and our definition of empathy is to walk in the shoes of others without judgment. I think the problem that we've got in the workplace, especially with the di- di- dispersedness now and cameras and not seeing people, um, the brain fills in any gaps of assumptions. And, and of course, n- n- assuming is not knowing. So we, we tend to judge each other unintentionally because that's what our brain's telling us to do. And we start, our brain starts saying things about other people that aren't true. And that leads to a- immense amount of stress and things going wrong in the workplace. So for me, the, the sort of skill of a 21st century uh, is empathy. I, I think we all need to demonstrate it. I'm, imagine if we lead with curiousness, we lead with, with, with wanting to know more about the people that we're talking to. That's John from Salt Lake City and his passion for podcasting, right? If I, if I just get to know you a bit better, I get to understand you. And if I was to misspell judge with J judgment, which is funny because part of empathy is not judging people, but I spell ju- judging with an E. Well, if, I, if you saw me spell it, you'd probably go, what well, idiot, he's misspelling judging. But if you found out that I was born in the UK, oh, he's okay, he's British, he's not so crazy. So just getting to know people on a human level is what leadership's all about. And we've lost that because our businesses, unfortunately, are driven by results. Find me a business, they always say they are, but find me a business that really puts people first. That really, when a... When a, when a shit hits the fan that people come first like we lost nearly three million dollars in a month when we went from on, on the pandemic started because all of our leadership training was in person so we lost everything um we built it back but i didn't have any revenue for six months um did i fire anybody no but we found a way to keep everyone if that meant sacrifices that meant sacrifices so it's the do you really put people first when it when when it really comes to the crunch are you going to put people first and i think that's that's what we're trying to get to, uh, trying to move organizations and move cultures to being putting the putting the humans first. Uh, and I think that's the, I believe that starts with empathy. Empathy is the the workplace and leadership superpower. Again, I think most people probably agree that it's important. Probably most people think they have it. Um, and so then the question is, well, how do we really develop it, especially if we think we already have arrived and we're an empathetic person? Oh man, that, that is the, probably the, the question that everyone should just stop and think for about 10 seconds. Do you really lead with an empathetic approach? And, and more importantly, how would you know? So, so there's 165 biases in the brain. Um, and and a, a cognitive bias is really is when the brain is, is making a bad assumption and, and the end result is, is, is something negative for all intents and purposes. Um, the brain's a survival machine. It wants to put you first, right? Its primary purpose is to keep you alive. But let's put leadership is very simple. It's about keeping your team alive. So that's why I say no one, not one human being of 7.5 billion of us was ever born to be a leader. It's impossible. Probably, 
improbable because your brain is basically telling you to do the opposite of what your team want, which is to keep them alive. So there's a, there's a we, we call it coined it ourselves, it's called conversational narcissism, um, which is this notion that everyone's really just waiting for their turn to talk. We're all, if you ever watch a group of friends, I, I dare you all to just tonight, uh, when you're with a group of friends on the phone, just listen, just listen, just take a step back and listen. I can guarantee you nine times out of 10, everyone just talks, right? One person talks and another person talks and another person talks. No one really interlinks the conversation because no one's actually listening. They're just waiting for their turn to talk, which means no one's really being, our brain, it's not, it's not through bad intentions. It's just, that's what your brain is doing. It loves to be liked. It wants to be liked. So therefore it's trying to talk and, and want to be liked in a group of friends. So in the workplace, what that looks like is, we're all waiting for our turn to talk. We're all multitasking. We're all thinking about what we're going to talk about. We're all waiting for our turn, which means if we're waiting for our turn to talk or we are talking or we're thinking about talking, what are we not doing? We're not listening. And really to have empathy, to, to walk in the shoes of others without judgment, we've got to listen more. So I have empathy, I have empathy for leaders because it sucks, right? We, we are put under the cash. It's tough work and our brain is basically surviving. It's, it's, trying to survive, but leadership is about helping others survive. So we're just, it's already an uphill battle. battle. So it's, it's hard, but there's, I have all of you listening when it comes to this notion of empathy, really check yourself. Are you really being present for those that you're talking to? Are you letting them talk more than you? Or are you waiting for your turn to talk? Um, give that a go and, and, and see where you are in that spectrum of, of, of empathy and being able to, to, hold back and allow others to talk and you just sit there and listen. Check out my new book, The Future Leader, Creating and Transforming Next-Gen Organizations. Stemming from two decades of professional experience and over 600 in-depth interviews with executives, thought leaders, and scholars from across the globe, the Future Leader will help you explore the ordinary, everyday actions that will help you to prepare to lead in the future of work, to respond to an uncertain future, and to produce extraordinary results for individuals, teams, and organizations. Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Academy courses, micro-credentials, and certificates to upskill and reskill for the future of work. All HCI Academy courses, micro-credentials, and certificates are designed, developed, and delivered by award-winning and internationally renowned scholars, educators, thought leaders, executives, and practitioners. Our courses, micro-credentials, and certificates will help you make your mark on the future of work and make an immediate impact in your organizations. Check out the HCI Academy and our many course offerings and certificates to upskill and reskill for the future of work. Check out our new weekly LinkedIn newsletter, Alchemizing Human Capital, exploring industry trends via original research and interviews with executives and thought leaders from across the globe. We look forward to having you join us. Yeah. Listening is so important and it's so challenging. And part of it's just the, the corporate culture 
that we're in where you want to be seen, you want to be heard, you want to be seen as valuable, that you're making contributions. And, and so those who are more quiet and introspective, those who are, are, are happy to sit back and listen and observe and try to take it all in to inform what they're going to say, a lot of times they're seen as non-participatory, uh, they, they're seen as disengaged, uh, they're seen as maybe unprepared uh, or whatever the case may be. And in fact, it's often those who are the most prepared, who are the most in tune, um, but because they don't play the game the same way as, as the more vocal people, they, you know, they lose out. And so, you know, part of this is, is it's a, it's, it's a perpetuated problem just due to the cultural components and, and how do we disrupt that? Oh boy, you just hit hit the hot button right there, John. So, yes. So in a results driven or results driven organizations, which I'd say nearly every single company is, um, we put the result first. And to get a result, of course, you've got to manage, you've got to control things, you've got to do things yourself, you've got to be a narcissist, you've got to, you, you just got to do all the things that people hate. <laughs> um, take all take take all the uh, take all the credits, micromanage. Don't talk about the non the fluffy stuff and and get to know your people because that's not cool. I'll lose my respect if I if I talk if I be vulnerable. So all the things that we can't stand in leaders that that toxic culture because culture is a mirror of leadership. We are basically we put on a pedestal and say, yep, that's the person we want to promote. Um, I always say there's a wonderful bias called the Dunning Kruger effect, which is the the most confident people tend to be the least competent. Um, so. We just basically promote incompetence, but let's not go down that path. Um, if we have a culture, so culture is, culture is a mirror of leadership. So we made culture such a difficult thing, but it's actually quite easy. If, if you think about it in that terms, culture is nothing more, nothing less than how people be- think and behave. And really the culture stems from the CEO and the C-suite down to, the, down to any people leader. It's really how they think and how they behave becomes the culture. So if we value listening, as a behavior and we reward people on it and we and we put it we put it uh, uh as a value and we we distill it into a behavior we uh, we want people to talk less and listen more then people will talk less and listen more because we now know that that's what we value in this organization and then therefore to succeed here as a leader you need to demonstrate it oh and by the way if you don't demonstrate it this is not the right place for you we, we don't like narcissists here we, we don't like assholes we want people to treat people well and put them first and not you first oh so if you value it therefore you're going to have it but we don't really value it and when we do value it we don't really hold people accountable to it. And we let the person who gets all the results. It's like, think of the person on your team that gets the, the result in your team. The person you just can't afford. They, are, they just get it all done. They're amazing. My question to you would be, would you be willing to fire them based upon how they behave? That's the ultimate question, because really culture is the worst behavior that you're willing to tolerate. So if you do have an asshole on your team who just happens to get great results, that becomes the culture of that team. So that's why this is so difficult because if we put results at number one, it's all about the result. Then, you know, the, the, the treating people right kind of comes, becomes second. And that's, that's the problem that we've got. And that's why 40, I believe one of the reasons why 42 million people have quit in the last couple of years is because they're sick, sick and tired of being mistreated. So it's a good time. They're not willing to put up with it anymore. Right. Um, and that that's why the 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 great resignation the great reset the great reevaluation however you term it right people had two years in isolation <laughs> to reprioritize to to 
reevaluate their lives, their values, their priorities, decide what's important to them. And many people saw, you know, in some cases, the best of organizations and leaders who really stepped up to the plate, but in many more cases, the worst of their organizations and how they dealt with the pandemic and just realizing, yeah, I'm not, I'm not dealing with this crap. (laughs) Um, And, and be in recognizing that, Hey, it's, it's a, it's a labor market where I can find lots of opportunity. Why should I even try to stick around in this environment with a, with jerk bosses and and an unhealthy culture? So I think you're absolutely right. Trying to create that psychological safety, uh, a, a healthy organizational culture where everyone can be put in a position to thrive and be successful, where you're not just dealing with narcissists and, and jerks and bullies uh, who are always the ones that inevitably end up failing upwards and getting promoted for their incompetence. Um, that, you know, that's what we want to try to create. So then how do we go about creating that? Yeah. I, I want to latch on to two words that you said there that I believe is, is the, the output of great leadership, which is psychological safety. Um, a word that you should, two words you should never take lightly, lightly, um, but if you think about it, a team's just hollow without it. Unless people can come to work and be their true authentic self and feel free to speak their mind about important issues. Let me put a caveat to that. Important issues. Don't just come to work and blare out everything. That's not what psychological safety is about. Right? It's about being fearless about saying things that need to be said versus going home and going, I wish I could have said something, but I didn't say it because I didn't know how people were going to react. That just means continuous improvement is is everywhere. I can come to work and can be me. I don't have to hide behind any 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 shadows. And and for me, that is the 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 ultimate ultimate goal. Um, To get there, though, is one of the toughest things. So we our whole business is set up on on this notion of how to how can a leader lead their team to psychological safety. Um, We've created created four components to that, which is simple care. When you care for your people, they will care back. And and care for all of you, just hold this thought for a second. Um, Take go back to the basic survival of the brain. The brain's primary purpose is to survive. So we we as leaders therefore need to help our teams to survive. So why don't we just think about basic survival principles and and give our teams the ingredients that they need, their brain, the ingredient ingredients they need to survive, because the brain doesn't lie. So here are those four ingredients. Number one, C, clarity. Humans need clarity to survive. We needed, we needed to know where it was safe to eat 15,000 years ago, and we didn't. It meant death. So let's, as a leader, let's give our team clarity, clear expectations. Why are we here? What's going to happen today? So give, and if you starve them of it, ooh, they, get, they don't get very excited. Um, a stands for autonomy. <laughs> Who loves to be micromanaged? Put their hands up. So no one ever, right? We love to be in control. So stop trying to steal people's control. Give them a sense of control. Give them some, some decisions that they can make. Feel like they have a say in it. Um, in the old days, of course, we, we love to be in control because if it was cold, we'd build a fire. If it was a hurricane, we'd run into a cave. So we need to be in control. So stop trying to steal it. R stands for relationships. I need, in the old days, if my skill wasn't valued on the tribe, it meant, it meant I'm going to get kicked off that tribe and it meant death. So, so value people for the humans that they are and what they bring to the table, that sense of belonging, give them a sense of relationships and do that well. That's the, and it, once you learn people and what makes them tick, that leads to the E, which is equity. Treat people fairly. The, the end result of giving clarity, building autonomy, having relationships is that sense of fairness and equity from the team member. So that's what we mean by care. 
C stands for clarity, A stands for autonomy, R stands for relationships, E stands for equity. I dare you all to care for your team members and sh show what, see what happens when they start to care back. And that's where you get that psychological safety. I love it. I love it. Uh, there's so much there and so much more we could get into, but I feel like that's probably a good place to leave it, Alex. This has just been a true pleasure. If we can truly care about our people, if we can put people first, even when, and especially when, uh, you know, it's hard because that's when it really matters, right? Um, we can demonstrate that to, that to our people. That's when we're going to be truly a destination organization where we're going to be able to attract and retain great people. Uh, you mentioned at the beginning of the episode, um, th your challenges with that and the high turnover early on, you recalibrated, you adjusted, you, you recognized what needed to change, you made those adjustments, and now uh, you, you have a really dynamic team of committed, loyal people. You're loyal to them. They're loyal to you. You create great products and services. You, you add value. And that's what we all want. So let's care about our people. Let's treat them well. Treat everyone with dignity and respect always. Let's not leave people as an afterthought, but they are, uh, you know, the people are what's important. Whether we're talking about people inside the business, right, the, the employees, whether we're talking about people outside the business, the consumer, uh, other key constituencies and stakeholders, people are why we're here. People are why businesses are in business. So let's focus on people. And if we can do that, I, I think it, it, it's, it's the, the, the interesting thing is we often think it's, it's like this trade-off and it's, it's a false dichotomy. You either focus on the bottom line or you focus on your people. The, the reality is when you focus on your people, bottom line, takes care of itself, right? You have stronger outcomes across the board and there's so much research on that. So let's, let's take care of our people. Well, it has been a real pleasure. I appreciate all of your time and, and contributions today. Before we wrap up, I just wanted to give you a chance, Alex, to share anything else um, with listeners about how they can get connected with you and then give us a final word on the topic for today. Best page, best place to connect to us is on LinkedIn. So check out uh, the DX learning um, LinkedIn page. Um, I have a monthly newsletter on LinkedIn where I put all of these insights out for the general populace on people first leadership uh, and building great cultures. So find me on LinkedIn, Alex Draper, DX Learning, sign up to my news newsletter. Uh, and then our website is just dx-learning.com. Um, and everything that we do is just about wiping out bad leadership. You might not know that you're one of them, um, but trust me, we've all got something to learn. But my my last I'd leave you with this, all of you. Um, and, and I learned this about four weeks ago at a conference when someone said it, and it just that eureka moment. Um, she said, stop trying to be interesting and start trying to be interested. I love it. That's a great way to wrap all of this up. It's not about me. And if it's about me, there's a problem. <laughs> be interested in others, care about others. Wonderful. It has been a pleasure talking with you, Alex. I encourage listeners to reach out, get connected, find out more about what Alex and his team can do for you. And as always, I hope everyone can stay healthy and safe, that you can find meaning and purpose at work each and every day. And I hope you all have a great week. Bluer than Indigo Leadership the journey of becoming a truly remarkable leader. Early in my adult life, I learned about an Asian proverb that translates as bluer than indigo. If you think about the color indigo, it is a brilliant, deep, and vibrant blue, what some would call the bluest of blues. 
To have something that is bluer than indigo is rare and truly remarkable. Contrary to popular myth, there is no one-size-fits-all or cookie-cutter approach to effective leadership. There is no silver bullet, no secret sauce, no go-to model that will solve all of your problems. The truth is, great leaders have all had their unique strengths and flaws, and have all had to discover and then pave their own distinctive path in their life's journey to fulfill their leadership potential. Bluer Than Indigo Leadership will help you discover your own path and explore those ordinary, everyday actions that will help you respond to an uncertain future and produce extraordinary results for your individuals, teams, and organizations. Check out Human Capital Innovations magazine, Human Capital Leadership. Human Capital Leadership is a free, interactive e-magazine with the mission to help individuals, leaders, and organizations find innovative approaches to maximize their human capital potential. We publish issues quarterly in August, November, February, and May. Take a look at the latest issue and let us know what you think. alchemy of truly remarkable leadership, ordinary everyday actions that produce extraordinary results. Consider how the nature of work has shifted over the past 50 years with increased globalization, rapid technological advancement, and the shift in economic composition. The average job of today looks very different than the average job of 50 years ago. What will the jobs and organizations of tomorrow look like? Moreover, what does this all mean for organizational leaders? What are the core competencies and capabilities of organizations and their leadership that are prepared for continued disruption and geopolitical and socioeconomic shifts? Regardless of what the future holds, increasingly, leaders need to be socially minded, data-driven, decisive, champions of talent, and disruptors of the traditional notions of leadership, teams, organizations, and work. The alchemy of truly remarkable leadership will help you to explore your own leadership competencies and capabilities and consider ways to apply and implement them into your workplace and personal life. Do you enjoy the Human Capital Innovations podcast? Please subscribe, leave a review, comment, share, and consider supporting the podcast on Patreon even at the producer and sponsorship levels. Thanks again for joining us for this episode of the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. I hope you stay healthy and safe and that you have a great week.